Welcome back, draft fans. We have it all. We have quarterbacks moving destinations, changing who they're going to play for. We have an early look at some bowl games. We're going to take a look at Rob's mock. Rob Rang is here. Give us all the information. We hope that you guys are ready for this. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Mr. Rob Rang is in the house. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well, Ryan. Thanks for having me on the show as always. Yes, it's good to see you. Glad to get your insight. I know we're, uh, folks, we're a couple days away from Christmas. We're going to get this stuff in for your holiday weekend. Make sure that you know what's going on and where we're coming from. And you can find all of Rob's work, at least the important stuff that we're going to talk about today and tomorrow over at Fox Sports. So don't miss that. I'll put a link in the show notes. Croc is uh, floating somewhere in California, hanging out, doing his thing, got his family with him. So. Uh, we're giving him the day off, so that's all right. We can talk about DBs without him. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> I always try to get a word in advice on that, and that'll be fun. So I'm surprised, I, and I want to get your read on the situation. It, it's one thing for, you know, uh, the grad transfer type kind of guys, the guys that have finished out their playing career at one school, and they want just one more bite at the apple, right? Or if you were a, a junior who maybe you're not ready to come out, but your staff moves on. That makes a whole lot of sense to me. But I, I'm having trouble this year of just keeping up with all the transfers and all the quarterbacks doing musical chairs. Hey, has it been surprising to you just how much volume there's been? It absolutely has. I mean, my goodness, it is hard to keep track of all the movement. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, of course, a lot of people have focused in on, you know, Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma transfer and things like that. To me, those things make some sense. But yeah, uh, just out here in the West Coast, right? I mean, like, you know, you, you have Michael Penix Jr., the, you know, young man who played at Indiana um, and did pretty, pretty well. Um, and, and now he's going to be transferred over here to the University of Washington. And, and to me, I think that's kind of an interesting matchup considering um, the, you know, just the, the relationship that he had already established with DeBoer, uh, Kalen DeBoer, who the University of Washington brought in as their head coach for Fresno State. Well, prior to uh, DeBoer at Fresno State, he was working with, uh, Penix in Indiana. So to me, that's an interesting one. Uh, mm-hmm. and Dylan Gabriel going from Central Florida uh, to UCLA and with Chip Kelly. I think that's a that's a fascinating one uh, as well. Um, you know, Bo Nix going from Auburn to to Oregon uh, again. I mean, you're talking about players going completely across the entire country, uh, like you said, to have another bite at the apple. And I know that we're going to get into this draft class, but Nix is the one that stands out to me is a guy that had a lot of pressure, a lot of potential where he was. And now to get a fresh start at Oregon, however short it's going to be, do you see that as a gamble? Is Does he have enough to gain for next year's draft class? Or is it something that, that maybe caught you off guard? Well, it did catch me off guard just the, in terms of the fit. I thought that if, uh, if, if Nick was going to transfer somewhere, I certainly wasn't expecting him to go all the way down to Eugene, Oregon. Um, but at the same time, I think that uh, what Oregon did this past year, last couple of years, uh, with their quarterback, Anthony Brown, who's a transfer from Boston College, I mean, it kind of showed that uh, the Oregon Ducks, at least when Mario Cristobal was head coach, was willing to to make those type of moves. And I think that Bo Nix is a really intriguing talent. I mean, there's no question. I mean, his consistency, uh, you know, has it, it, been a struggle. Um, but at the same time, in terms of arm strength, in terms of athletic ability, 
you know, the Pac-12 was once known as the conference that really produced all of those high caliber quarterbacks. Uh, you know, to me, that, that's a, you know, kind of interesting match here is I really think that, that Nick's coming to Oregon uh, might be able to resurrect his career a little bit, create a little bit of buzz for himself. I, I hope that's the case because I, I always think that it's a gamble when you make such a move like this, especially like you're saying, across country that makes a world of difference culturally, how you settle in, how you're able to block everything else out and perform on the field. I hope that he can do that. Another guy that I was surprised because I had Grayson McCall from Coastal on my my watch list. I haven't gotten there yet, but I can take him off of it now that we, we understand that he's going to stay in school. And Did that catch you off guard at all? Because I know he'd gotten some buzz early in the season. Then it tailed off pretty pretty quickly, I thought. Yeah, it, it did tail off. Uh, and that's the thing is that I, I encourage players that, uh, you know, take advantage of this other opportunity to play another season at college football, unless they really strongly feel um, that, that they are going to be drafted and drafted highly. Um, you know, of course, once you, you go, you enter that process, uh, officially the underclassmen date this year is going to be January 17th. Um, then of course, then, then you can't reverse that train. And so, uh, again, I just think that uh, for so many of the players, the vast majority of the players we're talking about in our program and in other NFL draft programs, of course, they, they go into the NFL with all these high expectations. And we all know the NFL stands for National Football League and not for long, average career spanning only two and a half years. Um, then, again, to be able to have the opportunity to focus on your academics, to enjoy the uh, just play at the collegiate level with your buddies. Uh, I th- I applaud McCall. I applaud any other players who who are going to make be making that decision. I was surprised in the standpoint that I thought that he'd already demonstrated what he can do. I do think that he is a draftable commodity. I just don't know that he is the early round selection. And again, if that's not the case, then why not go back see if you can win a few more football games for your college for go college team. Yeah, if there's time left on your clock eligibility wise. It seems like that's probably the wiser decision. Make some kind of, even if it's, if it's a minute step forward, it's a minute step forward and not backward and not getting buried either late in the draft or, or in the UDFA class. I think that's challenging. We'll see what else happens. There's another quarterback I want to ask you about, but I think we'll get to that after we start because we have bowl games we're going to talk about coming up next, folks, and then we have to start on Rob's mock. We're going to get to that here in a minute. No one plays fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports or a long-term losing proposition because you never know what or who you're going to be up against. Stat here is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform that puts you against the house. Up to head-to-head fantasy matchups, and the winner takes all. Here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you your lineups before you play, and you handpick the team that you want to face one-on-one. All you have to do is sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on. For 100% deposit match, whatever you put in, you get back on top of it. That's stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% match on your deposit. Stathero.com slash locked on and use that code locked on. Terms and conditions do apply. Rob Rang taking a look at the bowl structure that is not the big names, the huge things. I'm really excited about this this season because I've never been in this position myself. You have to track so many players on so many different bowl games. Uh, so for me, I know that it's a challenge. How do you how do you deal with going through so many prospects in so many different bowl games? <laughs> Ryan, you see these rings under my eyes. <laughs> you know that that's a big part of it is uh, watching an awful lot of football. Um, you know, for for somebody like myself who has always kind of considered the NFL draft very much a passion, very much a job, but also kind of the side gig. 
uh, still as a, as a public school, high, public high school teacher, um, then it is a lot of, of late nights, especially when it gets to the bowl season. But um, fortunately, after kind of a topsy-turvy college football season, there are a lot of really tasty matchups this, uh, this week, uh, even tonight. Um, you know, that, that I think are, are really intriguing. And if you are just a kind of a casual NFL draft fan, then there, there's going to be a couple of, of matchups that we'll highlight here tonight as well as tomorrow. Uh, as far as bowl game matchups, one-on-ones um, that you should be watching because these are players that are going to be going to the NFL team near you sometime soon. Right. Possibly very, very near you. So who stands out? Let, let's start with tonight's games. Yeah, to me, tonight's game, it sounds, it looks really interesting, is the Battle of Florida and the Gasparilla Bowl. I mean, this is the University of Florida Gators and the UCF Golden Knights. And I, I'm just curious to see what's going to actually happen here because, you know, there's, as you might expect, right, there's been a little bit of, uh, you know, rivalry and, and smack talking going on. And I think it's interesting that one of the players who actually started talking the most smack is actually not even a UCF natural. Um, he is. Big Cat Bryant, who was a former defensive end and out, an outside linebacker for Auburn that they transferred over. Um, and, and he's had a pretty solid season for UCF this year. But he put on social media that, you know, UCF is the best football team of Florida. And you know the Gators are going to be uh, anxious uh, to show that that's not the case. So in terms of just a, a pure talent standpoint, I think, yeah, look at Kyrie Elam. Um, the cornerback from Florida is the best player on the field. He did mm-hmm. reiterate that he is going to be playing in this matchup. And that's one of the dangers here, of course, Ryan, is that we're going to be talking about some of these players in these games, and then the players are going to opt out and, and decide not to compete. But Elam has already said that he is going to play. I, I'm fascinated to see how he does in this performance against UCF, what I expect to be his last game uh, with the Gators. Uh, I, again, with Big Cat Bryant um, from UCF is another one that, that's really interesting. And then another transfer, actually, Isaiah Bowser, the running back, 6'1", 225-pounder, downhill kind of runner from Northwestern. He's changed the way that UCF plays football. I mean, he's kind of given them a, an interior uh, run game that, that they haven't had in, in recent years. So I think this is going to be a fascinating one. You'd think that Florida is the bigger, more physical, more athletic team, um, but they're going to get punched in the mouth in this game by UCF in that running game. So I, I'm really in, encouraged. Uh, by just the the talent level that we're going to see, and certainly the the tenacity I expect to see, considering that this is going to be a bit of a rivalry game. You know, I'm intrigued by the decision, like you said, to play in this game. It's now to the point where we're we're surprised when we hear, oh, he is going to play in that bowl game and finish it out and exactly. complete the thing, right? Especially with the turmoil, of the coaching staff, and that kind of thing. Does that? When you're going through evaluations, does that stand out to you in a positive way about completing the cycle, showing up for that game, not leaving your teammates out to dry? Or is that is it something you don't necessarily build into the equation? Well, I, I try not to put it into the equation, Ryan, to be honest with you. But it's like we talked about just a moment ago with uh, the, the Coastal Carolina quarterback, McCall. And, you know, I, I just admire when, when, when players are committed to their college team, committed to their, their teammates right now, rather than the you know who their teammates may be in the NFL, the the, the lure of the big NFL contract. Um, you know, you, you developed into a band of brothers throughout the course of the season, and so I, I like the idea of of players trying to finish it off strong and compete in the bowl games. Now, if they are a first round caliber player, like I would argue that Elam is, then I can certainly understand why they would want to sit out. Or if they're playing for a possibility of the playoffs and the national championship, like in the you know the big games later. Um, that we'll be talking about, then 
then I certainly understand that as well. But otherwise, I, I think that if, if you are not a player who's, whose stock is absolutely certain to be a first-round pick, then, then you're taking a gamble just by waking up every morning and, and, and going to school. So why not play the game that you hopefully love and are proving as much uh, by, by competing in those bowl games and showing scouts that you're somebody who is going to compete until the very last second? You know, one guy on this roster that I, I do feel is is not a first-round pick and can improve his stock. It's been up and down season for Brenton Cox. I want to see something in, in this, what could be his final game as well. Um, linebacker, edge rusher, whatever you want to call him, six foot four and good size. I think he's right in that kind of tweener role for an OLB in a 3-4 versus a true DN. Do you see anything from him that you want to confirm or that you're looking for something to stand out with his game? I just want to see a little bit more consistency. You see the explosiveness upfield. You see the power. Um, you know, for for being a, an undersized guy, he he does have a lot of the traits you're looking for. Very similar to Big Cat Brian on either side. Um, so to me, that that's what I'm kind of looking for is who is going to be able to and pardon the pun here with the Christmas season. Who's going to be able to put a bow uh, on their season and really be able to to show scouts that you know maybe that um, you know in, in all the build up to the bowl game. When, when some of the players are kind of starting to rest on their laurels or, or looking at the, the, you know, the different uh, representative options to them and things like that, these are the players who are the most committed. They, they want to leave a lasting legacy. Um, and, and so to me, those are two players that make an awful lot of sense that I think scouts are going to be very much be focusing on just because we know how important pass rushers are in today's NFL. Yeah, I think it's going to be telltale. And there's definitely a couple of guys that I'm going to have my eye on as, as we take notes through this. But it all leads up to where are they going to get selected? We're going to get into Rob's latest mock and how it's looking right now in the first round coming up. Yes. Every game is big for the Kansas City Chiefs these days. But let's talk about the big one. Super Bowl 56 is less than 100 days away. And on location, the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. Select your exact seats and from a group of elite experience that feature some exclusives like celebrations with NFL legends, five-star hotels, three-star Michelin chef meals from the likes of Wolfgang Puck. Onlocationexp.com slash SB56 is the place to go for more information, or you can just search Super Bowl on location and you'll find it. That's locationexp.com slash SB56, or just search Super Bowl on location. You can have a great feeling about not only this season, but where it's going. Let's get there together with On Location. It's all there. You can have it all. The gridiron and all the teams are back on there, and you can get your money into the action by going to betonline.ag for all your pro and college action you're trying to get going. Whether it's the updated interface that you like, more odds, more props and contests, everything's there at your number one source at betonline.ag. Head over to the website, use your mobile or anything else, and you get a 100% welcome bonus. You do need that code NFL100 for that. That's double your initial deposit. So you put that down and they give you it right back on top. So football, basketball, all the other sports over there at the fastest, easiest way to get all your action on the line. See, I made it happen again. BetOnline.ag. Use our promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, this is where the rubber hits the road, right? Folks, you can find this on Fox Sports. Make sure you search for Rob Rang by name and We'll go through here today, and then we'll finish this up tomorrow and go a little bit deeper here because I think there's a lot. I see, as I read through this, was it troublesome for you to where you were going to put the two edges? Was there any question in your mind, or have you locked in on who your edge one is and maybe your first overall? 
Yeah, I mean, for me, it is um, a conversation between which one do you like better? Uh, Aiden Hutchinson um, from Michigan is who I have going number one overall in the mock draft to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I, I still think that Kayvon Thibodeau is a, is a different level of uh, of just explosiveness, of, of upside to him. But at the same time, I, I think that Aiden Hutchinson is is the is basically the epitome of the safe pick. Um, you know, just with his athletic ability, which I think is underrated. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but in terms of his size, his physicality, his power, his just sheer want to, um, you know, every time that you wanted to see more from Thibodeau, you saw it in spades with Hutchinson. And, and so just considering the fact that, uh, you know, basically everybody was focusing on him early on the season, certainly Ojabo on the other side, uh, you know, had a, a breakout performance, um, you know, but, Early on, it was Hutchinson or bust, and that was how teams were, were operating. And teams were able to slow down Thibodeau, but they were unable to do that with Hutchinson. So that's why I think that, that he is a slam dunk number two, uh, you know, number one or number two overall selection in this draft. And, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Jaguars just went with the, again, the safer pick uh, in Hutchinson as somebody to try to change the, the culture of that locker room. Yeah, I think that the Lions are going to be a little bit disappointed. I think they wanted a guy who played close to them, to tell you the truth. I kind of see it this way, too, but I, I do want to make a, a number of conversations going on around the country that I don't necessarily agree with. I've heard the comparison of Hutchinson to the Bosa brothers quite a bit lately, and I don't see that level of of dominance, to tell you the truth. Do, am, am I underrating how he performs Hutchinson on the field? You know, I, I, don't, I don't know that I would say you're underrating it. I mean, because the, the, the Bosa brothers were, were so dominant for so long, and they just had a different level of uh, kind of explosiveness in terms of their, their speed. Um, but at the same time, I, I think that Hutchinson is, is more powerful um, in, in terms of his ability to hold up at the point of attack in the running game as well. I, I think we're talking about three pro bowlers, you know, so we're kind of split hairs in, in my opinion here. Uh, you know, but at the same time, I think it just with, with all of the hype and hubbub about the Bosa brothers early on, and then for them to to consistently show that they were difference makers from you know basically since they stepped onto the campus at uh, Ohio State, Hutchinson was a good player from the get go, but he has gotten significantly better each and every year. To me, this would be more of a conversation if you want if, you know if there's going to be comparison comparisons out there. That he reminds me a little bit of Chris Long, um, you know, back in Virginia, and the way that he got significantly better as time went on, and obviously again. All of them wind up being very good pros. That's an interesting way to look at it, where the ramp up is. Is it early and they sustain it, or does it come on late? Because like a Jabo just at the same school is is complete opposite, right? Where he's standing out here just before he gets on the radar, and I wonder if if the rocket effect ends up driving him up close after where Hutchinson lands in relativity. It's going to be interesting to see just how close those guys are selected together. I think it's great. The Houston Texans, I think, will be very happy with Evan Neal. I like what you did there. Uh, nothing against the New York Jets. I feel feel for Kyle Hamilton having to go there should he fall to where you have him. But the big question for me, and, and I don't recall if this is a big leap or not, but I've gotten a little bit of film work done on Devin Lloyd, and I like where you put him with the Giants. What can he bring, in, and how big an effect do you think he can have on that defense? Well, that's the thing is, um, you know, I think Devin Lloyd – and there's, there's a lot of people who are kind of jumping on the, on the hype train now, um, you know, mm-hmm. but I've been watching this kid for, for several years now at Utah. And, you know, Kyle Williams does as good a job of, of churning out NFL talent and at every single position on the football field is, 
you know, as some of the greats in college football, and I don't know that Utah gets enough credit for doing that. Lloyd, to me, is the best linebacker in this draft class. And, you know, I, I say that with all due respect to Nicobe Dean, of course, the, the Buckus Award winner and some of the other great linebackers out there. But in, in terms of speed, in terms of length, in terms of agility and instincts, and the kind we talked about before with Hutchinson, when the game was on the line, who was the best player on the field? That that best player was Devin Lloyd over and over again throughout the Pac-12. So I think for the New York Giants, they, they know all too well. Um, just last week, getting beat by the Dallas Cowboys and see what Micah Parsons did. Um, you know, And I just think that Lloyd is the kind of linebacker that is not only going to be uh, somebody who can get upfield, and he can do that, but he's at his best, in my opinion, when he's you know just showing his range from sideline to sideline in the run and against the pass. And considering the way that the offenses are built in the NFC East division. If Devin Lloyd, I realize at number five overall, that that might seem really rich to a lot of people, but I think that he is that good of a football player. Kind of talked about with Hutchinson, basically one of the safer players of this draft class. I I like his game as well, too. And luckily I don't have to do mocks yet. So I don't have to get into that discussion as to where it goes. Uh, Your selection, Aquana to the Giants. I think that helps on the other side of the ball. I know there's, a lot of hubbub right now about Daniel Jones. It seems like that also is a is a safe pick. I haven't got a lot of twenty two time in on him, but uh, well rounded from what I've seen early. What, what would you call his strength? Just brutality. Okay. <laughs> this guy is just a big, strong sucker at, at the point of attack. I mean, the way that he just tosses, uh, you know, defenders at times is just kind of almost comical. Um, that he is still raw. You know, and so there's going to have to be some a little bit of a learning curve here. But I just think that the New York Giants have actually, you know, kind of played the opposite of their name. They they, they played small, they played weak, um, at least in my opinion, at the at the point of attack here for the last couple of years. And I, I wasn't a huge Daniel Jones fan uh, when when he was selected by the Giants, where he was a few years ago. I was stunned um, yeah. because I just don't see that type of talent. I, I certainly understand the need, and I think that Daniel Jones is a is a very serviceable NFL quarterback, a starter, but just not somebody who's going to help you win a Super Bowl, in my opinion. I just don't think that he has that type of arm strength. But you can't even give him an opportunity if you don't have some type of blocking around him. And so, again, I think the Giants have to kind of return to being big blue again, being physical at the point of attack. I like that plan. And blue is certainly something that's going to continue in this world for Matt Corral. Going to the Carolina Panthers, I think – this is a little bit – I I think you had him ranked uh, two weeks ago, higher than Pickett still. I wasn't sure how high you had uh, Darnold coming out. And if this if this truly – this experiment is over, or do you think that Corral could come into a situation where competition can actually help him adjust? Is this something that you think is a slam dunk, this is the perfect fit, or is this the best of a class that is, even though we didn't think it should, is starting to rise the quarterbacks up the ranks? Yeah, that's the thing is I, I see Matt Corral as a guy who, you know, kind of like we talked about before, the Quano, um, the big offensive lineman from North Carolina State, that the talent is obvious. It's just that there there are some dips in consistency that are that are concerning. And so I think that the, the NFL team that puts Matt Corral at, uh, you know, in the starting lineup and expects him to kind of be the man from the, from the jump, I, I don't know. That To me, that's a risk. And so I do – I am intrigued by the idea of a team like the Carolina Panthers, who, as you just mentioned, have Sam Darnold here. And they, they've already committed uh, the fifth year of his rookie contract. So Sam Darnold's going to be a member of the Carolina Panthers next year. But I also think that 
because he was drafted as high as he was and put in the pressure cooker that is New York City, um, expected to be the savior there, um, then I think that he is going to be able to have a little bit more perspective than, than some of the other quarterbacks, the veteran quarterbacks who were asked to basically be that play that mentor role. And I think that it's either going to push Sam Darnold or it's going to allow Matt Corral if he is the, you know, the, I think he is the more gifted player. I don't know that he's the more consistent player at this point. And again, that's not saying much. Sam Darnold struggled with consistency dating back to his time at USC. But at the same time, I think that that's kind of the the strategy that uh, Matt Rule, the head coach, and Scott Federer, general manager in Carolina, that they have to be considered. And they've been so aggressive in, in their trades and the offseason movements, so acquiring Gilmore, et cetera, et cetera, that I just think they're bringing back Cam Newton, obviously. I just think that the Carolina Panthers are, are a team that, that might be a little bit more willing to roll the dice on a quarterback class that, again, there, there's a lot of teams out there, Ryan, that need help a quarterback, but – if you are just gambling on this rookie class just because you want to take another quarterback, I think they're going to be another. Uh, this is going to be a group of teams who, three, four years down the road, are going to wind up going back to the drawing board again with quarterbacks because there's just not a lot of very safe picks this year at the quarterback position. It's the way it seems to me, too. And safety's a concern. Where is Derek Siegley? We're going to talk about him coming up tomorrow. I have a quarterback question for Rob for tomorrow as well. And we're going to finish out the rest of this mock draft. So don't miss that. Rob, thank you for today, and I think we'll pick this right back up tomorrow, folks. You have a great day. Don't miss tomorrow's show, and we'll talk to you then.